0: Kansas anymore. Are you ready? i just
1: warmed
0: up. This task
1: was appointed to you.
0: I said I want I say we take off and the entire site.
2: Dodgehead.
1: Hello and welcome to the BBFC Podcast. I'm Megan, PR and Communications Officer here at the BBFC. In our next few podcasts, we'll be working our way through each of the classification symbols from you all the way to 18, finding out more about the history of the symbols, how they have changed and what they mean today. We will also be discussing content which displays these rating symbols best, so that you at home can have more insight into the work we do at the BBFC. To start this series, I'm joined today by Ed, our Operations Manager, who you might recognise from previous podcasts quite some time ago. Hi Megan. Welcome back. Thank you very much. (laughs) And we're also joined by Craig. Head of Compliance. Hi. Um, You'll be joining us for another one of our podcasts later on, is that right? We'll yes. We'll be discussing um, the, the 18, that's quite right. sinister. Yeah. <laughs> um, And today we'll be discussing the U, which is the only age rating to survive from the foundation of the BBFC to today, which I think is very interesting. Yeah, it is. Um, especially it is. considering how much they've changed over the years. It's, yeah, yeah,
2: um, yeah, absolutely.
1: Can you give us an overview of the U category?
2: So U stands for Universal. And it comes with an explanatory statement that says it's suitable for all. Mm-hmm. So what this means, it, it makes the U the BBFC's broadest category in terms of its meaning, but by which I mean it's the one it's the category given to content that you know the largest number of people are permitted to see, if you like. Mm-hmm. It's suitable for all. Our guidelines, I'm gonna quote from the guidelines now, we say you film should be suitable for audiences aged four years and over although it's impossible to predict what might upset any particular child. You, film, should be set within a positive framework and should offer reassuring counterbalances to any violence, threat or horror. Mm-hmm. But then I also pulled this out from our most recent annual report, that although, here's the quote, although you is the lowest category, there may still be elements in the content that we need to consider. This includes issues such as threat, violence, bad language, sex references, and dangerous behavior, as well as wider aspects such as theme and tone. So I think we'll find that some of the sort of content, some of the films or TV shows that we're talking about in this podcast, you know, that, that it's not like they're all completely issue-free. But it's that the issues that they do contain, if they contain issues, are nevertheless okay for the U category,
1: right? And um, they're not necessarily tailored just for children as well. I think that's a big misconception. Yeah.
2: So the U yeah exactly. So the U category isn't in itself a sort of like a a sort of a stamp that says this is for kids. Mm-hmm. It's just saying really that there's nothing in it that shouldn't be suitable for kids, there's nothing in it that isn't suitable for kids. But just to just give a very quick example of a few, you know, few examples of uh, things that have been used um, so in recent years the Despicable Me films, mm-hmm. Diary of a Wimpy Kid films, mm-hmm. um, Mary Poppins Returns that came out um, last Christmas. And um, of
1: course the original The original well.
2: from 1964 was a you back mm-hmm. then and is still a you now mm-hmm. um, TV shows such as that we've classified for video release such as Peppa Pig, Paw Patrol, Sarah and Duck um, older shows like Mr. Ben which I used to watch when I was a kid and still love watching as an adult because it's just perfect Um, but these are yous and these are for kids but then yeah as you were saying you know the you doesn't just mean it's something for kids I mean so there are all sorts of films that have more grown up appeal but which Mm -hmm. are yous so it might be sort of some of your classic musicals like My Fair Lady or The Sound of Music Mm -hmm. or you know sort of classic sort of period dramas like The Remains of the Day or um, the Age of Innocence or mm-hmm. Sense and Sensibility um, or older classic films like Casablanca, Citizen Kane or The Umbrellas of Cherbourg or something like an art house film like Russian Ark which mm. is a really striking film from 2002 that's, like set, that's set in the, the State Hermitage Museum in mm-hmm. St. Petersburg and it's a one- shot unbroken take for about 90 minutes going around the museum where sort of we've got a guide who's taking us around the museum and it's reenacting sort of periods of russian history oh, wow. and so it's really fascinating beautifully filmed mm. and it's a u because the issues are very mild and some but but again we wouldn't say necessarily that that's a film for kids so right. that's the sort of an overview of this mm-hmm. difference, the difference the wide range of material that we can get into yeah. the u category
1: so it's quite an eclectic category, I'd say, um, quite a variety of genre um, and suitable for everyone for the sounds of it. Craig, um, yeah. can you tell me more about how the youth category has changed over the years, perhaps more about the history yeah. of it?
0: Yeah, well, um, when the BBFC started work in 1913, we only had two classification categories. One of those was U, one was A. Um, the slightly odd thing about the U and the A in the 1910s, was that neither of them carried any age restriction initially and neither of them required any accompaniment. It just meant that we felt U films were softer than A films, but anybody could go to see either. Yeah. Um, when the U was originally set up, the intention was that the U category would mean that a film was especially suitable for a children's matinee. Um, gradually through the 1910s, the board realised that that was quite restrictive and there were other films. Which which as we were saying just now were not unsuitable for children, even if they weren't really likely to appeal to children. And so gradually through the nineteen tens, more and more stuff being started being passed U, mm. even if it wasn't really especially suitable for a children's matinee. So that initial sense that a U film was a film for kids mm. evolved in the nineteen tens.
1: So when did age restrictions become an element of the classification of the U?
0: Yeah, so as the meaning of you sort of evolved Uh, by the early 1920s local authorities were saying and film exhibitors were saying you know, we don't really understand what the difference is between a U and an A and a lot of exhibitors were treating them on exactly the same basis Mm -hmm. so in the 1920s the A was amended to require that a child should be accompanied by an adult so it really did mean that the BBFC felt an A film was more suitable for an adult audience whereas a U film was suitable for everybody to watch of course The the effect of having only two classification categories like that does tend to mean that both of the categories have to be fairly broad Mm -hmm. because up to that point, we could either give a film a U or an A, and that was it. As the classification system has evolved over the years, more categories have been added. We had the H, then we Mm -hmm. had the X, then we added the AA, then eventually we added the 12. And inevitably, once you start... Broadening the number of classifications you have, you may well find that stuff that you used to pass in one category now moves into the next category, because what's the point of having a wider range of categories if you're not going to use them? So although the actual meaning of U universal has always been there, it's probably fair to say that the U has been broader at certain times in the board's history than perhaps it is today. Over the years, there have also been a few suggestions that perhaps the board should go back to what we were doing in 1913 and have a category that really does say this film is for children. Um, During the 1920s, suggestions were made that perhaps there could be a C for children certificate. And even up to the 1950s, again, a commission that looked into film classification suggested that, again, perhaps there should be a special certificate just for films that were for children. The board has had a... look at this from time to time but it's generally found that having one category that is just for children's films, specifically films that children would enjoy, would be quite a narrow classification. During the 1950s the board did used to issue a bulletin to local authorities and to cinemas saying, out of this month's U films, these are the ones that we think are particularly good for children. But like a lot of those kind of informal arrangements, it eventually dropped away. In the 1980s we did amend the U category to have a, a subset of the U category called UC, which meant that a video particularly suitable for preschool children, so the kind of thing that a parent could perhaps leave a child alone to watch, you know, something very, very straightforward. But the problem with the UC category was the board agreed that we would leave it to companies to decide whether you wanted a U or a UC. And you think of something like some of the classic Disney films, which are definitely Mm. likely to appeal to young children, be Mm. suitable for young children, but they're not really just for young children. And, and the same is true with some of the You films now. Parents enjoy them as well. Wider audiences enjoy them as well. So sort of marking those films out as this is just a film for kids can get a bit challenging.
1: Right, so that was a bit of a restrictive category. Yes. Um, I think the You now is definitely something that's enjoyed by all. I think... This might be embarrassing to say on the podcast, but most films I watch are you. Uh Uh (laughs) I don't see why that's embarrassing.
2: I don't see why that's embarrassing. No, maybe
1: not embarrassing. I'm not um, surprised.
0: You're not surprised.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Um, But it's certainly nice to not have it in a restrictive manner. So I understand why distributors Mm. would be more predisposed to use the U certificate as opposed to the UC. I've got a question for you, Ed. Go for um, it, go for it. Yeah. As classification has changed over the years, uh, as we yeah. discussed, it's broadened and new things have been added. And we have yeah. the PG and, yeah, 12, and the 12 and 12A. Yeah, yeah. Um, do you find older films are often reclassified out of the U category?
2: I suppose my first thought is because the U is the lowest category, we can only find examples of things that have gone up from U, whereas, say, the higher categories, if a category is going to change across the decades, it's more likely to be the case it's going to come down. Some things stay the same for a long, long time. Occasionally things go up. Um, but, I mean, a couple that come to mind would be um, The Italian Job, which it's a sort of comedy caper movie about a bunch of British criminals, I guess, who go to northern Italy, isn't it, to um, carry out a robbery. And that was a U, uncut, in 1969, so this is when the U was one of three categories, the U, the A and the X. So the the Italian job was a U in 1969, but by the mid-80s when it came in for video classification, its first video classification actually, the BBFC put it up to a PG. We had the PG at that point that we didn't have in 1969. And th- there's an example of, of a U that's no longer a U. Um, I mean, the issues in the Italian job are, you know, it's got some mild language in it that was deemed not to be suitable at the U category anymore. It's got some sort of sexual innuendos, and it's got, and also, th- th- you know, if I remember rightly, the examiners at the time felt that the film's kind of attitude towards c- crime, you know, was not sort of, let's say, clearly as moral as one might expect at the U category. It's right. a bit more kind of anarchic than that, and we are sort of in a way rooting for the criminals because they're a lovable bunch of people mm-hmm. in film terms so I think those were the sorts of issues that led the BBC at the time to think that on balance actually now we've got the PG this one fits the PG better than it fits the U right. And so the Italian job has been a PG ever since then mm-hmm. another one that comes to mind um, is a another film from the 60s actually The Gospel According to Matthew which is um, Pasolini's take on the biblical story you know filming of the gospels it's an italian film from 1964 1964 That became like an international, international sort of hit as well, and that was a U in the nineteen sixties as well. Again, when we only had the three categories, that lasted as a U for quite a while, I think. But in fairly recent years, we put it up to PG. It came in again for a sort of a modern classification for a new release, and it got a PG. I mean, there is crucifixion scene there's also a scene of hanging in it mm-hmm. and those not are not to
1: give any spoilers not to give
2: any spoilers away, but, <laughs> but, but exactly but, but but that that kind of detail which perhaps in the 60s felt okay it's you it's the story of Christ etc mm-hmm. now you're looking at it you think that's really going to confound expectations at you oh, yeah. but at PG in the context of uh you know, story of Christ and also maybe with a bit of distancing because it is a black and white film from several years ago. It hasn't got obvious appeal to children. I don't think it's fair to say it like that, maybe. But I I think
0: the the other point about that is, of course, back in the 1960s, we didn't have any published classification guidelines, whereas now we do. So you will come up against a film like uh, Gospel According to Matthew, where at the time, obviously, a lot of weight was put on the fact that it's a well-known narrative, Um, People are going to recognise it. It's done respectfully. It should get to the widest possible audience. And, of course, at the time, the A would have meant that anyone under 16 had to be accompanied. So it's quite a step up. Uh, Whereas now, if you look in terms of the guidelines, it would be quite difficult to fit some of those scenes. Ed mentioned Mm, the modern U. It's more of a PG. I
1: suppose the reason I've asked this question is because we get a lot of queries on social media, questioning decisions that were made historically, often watership down. Is brought up as a oh, yeah, point, yeah. and yeah. we, as an organisation, we wouldn't cl- reclassify a film unless it was resubmitted to us. Is no. that correct? No, no. Yeah, yeah.
0: people sometimes uh, sort of write into us and ask us to change classifications we issued years ago. Mm. Of course, we don't spend you know our spare time going back through the archive and rewatching everything to make sure it's up to date. You know, right. we we can't practically do that. Um, so we only tend to look at films. Uh, when they come in again from a fresh distributor or if the distributor wants a more up-to-date classification. Watership Down is a is a classic example of that. Yeah, yeah. it's
1: brought up lots of times, mm. which is why I bring it up now. Mm. Um, and I think it's, it's interesting without the context of the classification guidelines as they are today mm. to mm. think about Watership Down. And I don't particularly think I would allow my children to watch it mm. Not that mm. I have any, but mm. if I did. I think, I think the problem yeah. with
0: uh, Watership Down, is it was classified you quite a long time ago, back in the 70s, uh, when the view was obviously taken that it's a children's film about rabbits, which on one level it is. Um but it's got some sequences in it that are hard to square with our published new guidelines now. The trouble is until it comes back um again for a classification, there's not a lot we can do with it. But the problem with Watership Down is it's such a well known film. It keeps being reissued, you know, it keeps being coming out on D V D, Blu ray being given away free, being shown on television, and and occasionally it gets a television screening. People notice it's a u, um, and especially if it's shown on, you know, afternoon television mm. or in one particularly bad case, screened on uh, screened in the afternoon at Easter, mm. then that tends to bring back people asking us why on earth have you given have you given this film a u? And the answer is that we probably wouldn't give it a u if right. we saw it now.
1: But it is interesting how ingrained it is in children's yeah. memories and mm. their perspective of cinema mm-hmm. um, and childhood films that they've mm. grown up with Yeah, um, and I suppose that's the important thing about our rating information and if you mm. are a parent I would advise that you do check that out yeah the short
2: rating info you know will be familiar to everyone from you know the backs of DVDs and Blu-ray boxes um, you see them on cinema posters next to the category. You know, it's, it's a few words, you know, mild violence and threat, or. Mm.
1: But, you but you can access a longer one. We have a longer one on the website. On website That's yeah. right,
2: yeah. I mean, also, I mean, just sort of think about your question. I was sort of thinking of the original Star Wars trilogy, mm. 1977, the first Star Wars, 1980, 1983, the first trilogy. They're all used. They were all used at the time. Um, but I think it's fair to say that, you know, all of them have one or two moments that perhaps feel a bit more. PG than you today you know so if they come in again for us to sort of assess them again it'd be interesting to see what we do with them then I mean of course they do have sort of obviously very broad appeals of kids they're a known quantity they've been used for a long time you know and also the more recent Star Wars films have been you know one of them was a PG and then more recently they've been 12As so yeah, we'll see definitely. we'll see you know I'm just trying to sort of think of ways in which things might
1: mm-hmm. you know
2: be a bit different now than they used to be yeah.
1: This year has seen lots of remakes of classic U films, such as The Lion King and Aladdin, both Mm -hmm. of which were originally classified U in the 90s. Um, The new interpretations have both been classified PG, despite, from my perspective, a lot of similarities in plotline and content. Are we finding that the U category is changing or is maybe not as openly awarded for that kind of content anymore?
0: Well, I don't think the the U has changed that much uh, since then. It has maybe in a few uh, small respects. I think with those kind of remakes that we've seen recently, it's just that the more photorealistic style of the animation is quite different to the more simple flat style of animation of the originals Mm. and I think that you know combined with the overall intensity that you get in cinemas now with the sound it can be quite overwhelming and it can seem a lot stronger than the original animations even though on a shot by shot basis they're very similar you know seeing a realistic lion roaring is quite a different experience perhaps to seeing a cartoon lion
1: Right and the Lion King especially has and I don't want to give any spoilers Mm. um, if you haven't seen The Lion King or Red Hamlet or Red Hamlet (laughs) (laughs) but um, there is a scene where the father of Simba is um, killed Mm. and he's thrown off the rock by his brother and Mm. and, you know there is a scene where he is lying clearly deceased they are the kind of scenes that would push something up to a PG would you agree
0: well they could do Um, you know it's a bit like uh, Bambi isn't it the famous example that everyone talks about and uh, Mm. Bambi's mum being shot and how upsetting it is it just depends on the overall context of the film the overall tone of the film and uh, how that fits into the narrative as we've said U-film doesn't mean there's going to be nothing in it and that's the important thing for people to remember you know U-films can deal with some uh, difficult issues like bereavement but they have to do it in a way that overall is is reassuring. But right. there's not necessarily a reason why you know younger people can't get to grips with some themes like mm-hmm. that, depending on how it's depicted.
2: Mm. Yeah. I'm thinking of the I'm thinking of Lion King, Aladdin. I'm thinking of Beauty and the Beast because if any of those films sort of is designed to leave me a sort of quivering wreck at the end of it, it's Beauty <laughs> and the Beast. I but it, but it's not really for reasons that would take it out of you in the animated version mm. I mean the, the PG version with the sort of darker tone and the monster and the, mm. the, the, the townsfolk are going to try and sort of storm the castle and that is mm. quite intense and so on but I mean for me it's just the sort of emotional mm. climax really is uh, very impactful but um,
1: there's there's you know. also a scene where uh, they're being chased by wolves right which I thought oh, was like a lot through the
2: woods through is that? the woods yeah, 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 um, yeah
1: and I always think of that scene when I think of Beauty and the Beast and mm. especially in the remake of it, the Mm. new version Mm. um, that that scene did seem to be a bit more threatening Mm. Um, and I always thought when I watched it maybe that's why it has received a higher classification Mm. it does seem to have more threat to it Mm. and is that something that maybe push something from a U to a PG? Yeah, uh-huh. certainly.
0: If the, if the threat is particularly sustained, it can push it um, out of the U category. Normally, if there's any threat in a U now, you'd want it to be fairly brief and, as we say, reassuringly uh, resolved. Um, but again, you know, if you're depicting it in a more realistic fashion, then uh, that can have an effect uh, on, on how intense that threat seems to be but you know the general the general uh, point about uh, whether we're seeing fewer u films now Um, well we are compared to when we only used to have a U and an A category but over the last few years the U's been relatively stable you know around sort of seven to ten percent of films getting a U and you might say well that's that's a relatively small proportion of films but the thing to remember is that a lot of those films that do get past you you know the big family films the animation films have a massive audience and everybody is seeing them so you know It might only be 10% of films, but a lot of those U films are extremely Mm. popular.
1: Right, so it has a lot more reach. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. so
2: something like Toy Story 4 this year is one of the biggest hits of the year worldwide, and that's a U.
1: So we've talked a lot about films that have historically been categorised as a U, um, which maybe might not be so now. And we've also touched on our rating info, but do we have a responsibility and can we ensure parents that the films they're watching at U are acceptable for their children when they are more historic?
0: Yeah well obviously if you you go to see uh, a U film that we've just classified for cinema release or whatever you can be Certain that it's going to be yeah, in line with guidelines. If if you know that it's an older film and different standards might have applied, it's always best to use those kind of resources that we have yeah. on our website to check out what information is available.
1: Yeah, and um, the CBBFc website yeah. is really great for that. Mm-hmm. I think um, mm-hmm.
0: I've
1: used that previously yeah. when yeah. dealing with my little cousins and content that they want to watch. I've definitely looked yeah. through the rating info there, yeah. and I would advise. I think we'd all advise that yeah. you do make yeah. use of those resources yeah. yeah well thank you so much for both of you for coming to the podcast today um it's been really interesting to learn more about the U category and how it's changed over the years next in our series is the pg don't forget you can tell us what you'd like to hear discussed on our podcast by emailing us at podcast at bbfc.co.uk or by tweeting at bbfc thank you so much for listening and we'll see you next time